0: Welcome to the Becoming Witchy Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly of Bramble & Brimstone. Join me as we discuss practical witchcraft, share witchy tips, aha moments, tools and resources that have helped us on our way, and as we discuss how magic shows up in our everyday. This podcast is here to encourage and support you on your own witchy way. Welcome back to the Becoming Witchy Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly of Bramble and Brimstone. I hope you're all having a great summer. I know I am. I can't believe that the summer solstice is right around the corner, less than a week away. This means that we are almost halfway through the year. Summer just always feels like it is moving so fast. Does it feel like that to you? But even though we're already at the peak of summer, there's still plenty of summertime left to enjoy. So today we're going to talk about the Summer Solstice, often called Midsummer, and the Holiday of Letha. This is a really fun Wheel of the Year holiday, and celebrating it, and really all of these seasonal marking holidays have really helped me along and been a fun part of my Becoming Witchy journey. So I hope you'll really enjoy this episode. But before we get swept away into the solstice magic, let's catch up on our seasonal corner. Welcome to the Seasonal Corner! Right now we're in mid-June. We've just had a wonderful few rainy days that ended a pretty long drought that we were having here. We've planted mainly native plants in our yard, so they're pretty resilient, but having a drought this early in the season is really uncommon, so a lot of the plants have been struggling. It's also been unseasonably warm, during this drought, which makes it even worse. But finally, thankfully, we got a really good rain, so the plants are starting to recover. Right after the last episode in late May, we had a huge burst of flowers take off. We had light pink primrose, deep red scarlet snapdragons, and purple salvias all flowering at the same time in our front garden, and it was glorious. Anyone who walked by stopped to say how much they loved it, which was just so nice. And one of our neighbors stopped to talk to us about how many bees and bugs we had in our yard. All the flowers are just swarming with bees right now. We have grass on either side of our yard, so it's really quite a transition when you get to our yard. It's just this little oasis for bees buzzing all about. So it's been really nice to see all these happy bees uh, buzzing around, too. And today, I was out harvesting mint, and we had these little tiny baby praying mantises, which is so exciting. We love praying mantis because they eat a lot of the pest bugs. They're also super cute when they're little, but once they get big, they look like the Pokemon Scyther, and they're really a little bit intimidating. I've planted a few new perennial herbs this year that I'm really excited about i've got sweet woodruff rue more chamomile so i'm excited to see those take off and be able to harvest them probably next year right now i've been able to harvest some mint there's always mint to harvest in our yard and also some lemon balm some hyssop mugwort and fennel and some calendula flowers which i like to harvest around the solstice to make an oil with and i'll talk more about that um oil making in the Rituals That Work section. Some of these herbs will be dried for tea or cooking, and some of them I'll be tying up to make these little smoke sticks for burning. And this is just really a time when I'm harvesting a lot of the magical ingredients that I use throughout the rest of the year. It's not all beauty and wonder though, <laughs> we've had three baby groundhogs that have somehow gotten into the garden even though we've groundhog proofed our fence line and they've eaten all of my lettuce and spinach, which is very sad, but I'm hoping they'll grow back. The groundhogs are so cute, but so destructive, so we'll have to figure out where they're all getting in and seal that up. Anyways, the garden is busy and blooming and it's always fun and challenging this time of year. to reflect on the last episode draw. So last episode we pulled the Three of Wands, a card of adventure, expansion, and travel. So in the actual card from the Smith Rider Waite deck, the character is looking out from a cliffside at this expanse of water and mountains and sort of taking stock of all the opportunities in front of them. And I think this has really been my energy since the last episode, but also say that this card showed up quite literally and that I got to travel to the coast and spend some time near the ocean. So it really showed up for me in travel and the literal skyline, which was just so wonderful and refreshing. So I hope that you had some sort of adventure or travel or opportunity to look at what's ahead of you and reflect and act on it. Now, while we're reflecting, Like I mentioned earlier, we're coming up to the halfway point through the year. So if you made any goals or chose a theme for this year, this is a great time to check back in on those and see where you are. I encourage you to check back in on your personal 2023 tarot card of the year. And we can also reflect on the chariot card, which is the collective 2023 tarot card. So the Chariot card, you can re-listen to the interpretation for that card from the Magic for a New Year episode from January, but we interpreted it as using your inner gifts and purpose to drive yourself forward. And the affirmation from Mary Kay Greer's Terror for Yourself is, By harnessing all my forces towards my purpose and controlling my fears, I victoriously meet my challenges. So, when you're reflecting on this card, ask yourself, have you come across any roadblocks or imbalances that might have steered you off course? And how can you take action and move past these to get back on the right path? Sometimes, just by checking back in, it'll be enough to bring your awareness back to your goals and help you sort of recenter and focus. For myself, I've found that So my personal year card is temperance. So I've been really working on balance, which is also a theme of the chariot card, this uh, balance. In my check-in earlier this month, I found that if you picture balance as a scale, I've been trying to maintain balance by adding things on. So if the scales tip one way, I add another thing onto the other side to balance it out. And I keep adding on, adding on, adding on, adding on. But what I really need to be doing now is trying to take something off of the heavier side because the scales are getting too heavy. And I had a friend help point this out to me and help me realize this. And it was the sort of aha moment because lightening and taking off some of these things feels like what I need to be focusing on right now. So check in with your own cards and see how you're doing. Maybe you'll have an aha moment too and it will make the rest of your year a little easier. to talk about the solstice, which is June 21st this year. And I should specify that this is in the Northern Hemisphere. The Southern Hemisphere will be having the winter solstice right now, and the summer solstice for the Southern Hemisphere occurs on December 21st. The summer solstice falls halfway between the spring equinox and the fall equinox. So we're already halfway through the year. Like I said before, I can't believe it. Probably I'll bring it up again. This is the longest day of the year, the day with the most hours of daylight. And the closer you are to the North Pole, the longer the length of daylight. So in some places really far north, in Iceland, Alaska, Sweden, and Norway, you'll have almost 24 hours of daylight on the summer solstice. At midday, the sun will reach its peak, and from there, the days will start to grow shorter as we start to descend into the darker half of the year. So even though the summer solstice is about celebrating the sun and the peak of summer, the height of daylight, there's this ever-present reminder that this is all part of a cycle. You can't have a peak without a descent. People have recognized the summer solstice for centuries, so there are ancient sites all around the world and many cultures that mark this time of year. Because, like we've talked about in some of the other seasonal episodes, it would have been so important to keep track of these and mark these seasonal changes to make sure that you are on track with planting and harvesting crops. So, I'll just share two of the sites that mark the solstice that I've been to. And remember, there are so many more around the world that you can look up and look into. There is Serpent Mound which is a 1,376-foot-long earthen mound in the shape of a snake, and that is in Ohio. The head of the serpent aligns with the setting sun on the summer solstice. The date of the mound is debated, but it was built by Native Americans anywhere from 2,300 years ago to 900 years ago. There is also Stonehenge, a stone circle in England, The site was built over many, many years, but building on it started almost 5,000 years ago. On the summer solstice, the sun rises directly over the Heelstone, and people still gather there today to celebrate the solstice at the site. As a modern pagan holiday, the summer solstice is often called Letha or Midsummer. So when we think about the height of summer, this longest day when everything is bursting to life, we can start to get an idea of the magical themes of this time. Abundance, growth, creativity, lushness, celebration, sunlight, high energy. Summer represents the element of fire, so we also have this warmth and very active energy. Letha really is this time to celebrate the long days and sunshine and to appreciate and be grateful for it. It is especially magical this time for harvesting plants. Around the summer solstice, a lot of things are coming into bloom and are ready for um, harvesting. A lot of herbs are. So this is really when our calendula starts to bloom. So I like to harvest that now so that they're filled with this full energy of the sun in the height of its power. It's a great time to harvest any plants or magical ingredients that you'll use for spell work. They'll contain an extra burst of sunshine power and energy from these long days and be just a little bit more magical for it. The Summer Solstice is also associated with fairies, just like Beltane, and with nature spirits from these liminal realms. Just like the Winter Solstice, this is a time when the veil between worlds is thin. It's a time when it's easier to connect with magical beings. So like we talked about in the Beltane episode, wearing a hagstone is always a good idea. That's just a stone with a naturally formed hole through it, and these are supposed to let you see between realms. You can also leave out offerings to nature spirits and fairies. Something that I like to do is leave a very shallow bowl of fresh water out in a nice decorative dish. This is a great thing to do for pollinators in your garden so that bees and butterflies can get a drink. Just make sure it's a shallow dish so they can easily climb out or touch the bottom. You can also put a little rock in the dish to make sure that they can climb out easily if you're unsure whether it's uh, shallow enough. Bees, butterflies, dragonflies, and hummingbirds are all associated with fairies, and I consider them all to be magical beings. Bees turn sunlight into food, like tiny little alchemists, so what's more magical than that, right? When I leave the water out, I think it makes them feel welcome in the yard, they're more likely to spend more time there, and it will just put you on the good side of any little nature spirits and will make them feel more welcome in your space too. Of course, it's not always sunny on the solstice, so if it happens to rain in your area, that's not a bad thing. The rain that falls on the summer solstice is supposed to have super healing powers, So if it rains in your area, collecting that rain and preserving it in a bottle for later use in spells and potions is a great thing to do. The morning dew on the solstice is also supposed to have ultra healing powers. So if you can get out in the morning and collect some of that dew in the morning, just like on belting, it's really great, powerful, magical ingredient. One way Josh and I celebrate the summer solstice now is to go to a local lavender farm and harvest bundles of lavender. It's so calming and lovely. There's always bees buzzing everywhere, and it smells so good. It's very much an in-the-moment activity, and it's really become this ritual that we do every year. And I make tinctures with the lavender. We always dry it so it lasts for the whole year. We use it for crafts. And it really is so magical. The beautiful, fragrant purple flower with all the bright sunshine energy it contains. It always feels like a pick-me-up through the winter months. I can look at the flowers and smell them and remember the insanely hot summer day when we picked it. And it really does warm me up and make me feel a little bit more cheerful. So even if you don't have a lavender field near you, try to find a park or somewhere you can walk in nature And even if it's just one flower you can harvest and dry, it really is a great way to harness the power of the sun at the height of its power and preserve it to keep through the winter months to remind you of those warm summer days to come. Welcome to the Rituals That Work segment. This is a ritual to harness the power, warmth, creativity, and abundance of the summer solstice sun, and to keep it with you and motivate you throughout the dark half of the year. So for this ritual, you will need a glass jar and a lid. I like to use a mason jar. And you also need some plant material. If you're able to harvest your own plant materials around the solstice, that is great, but if not, you can always buy dried herbs or edible flowers from somewhere like Mountain Rose Herbs, or you can even get herbal teas from the grocery store and use those. For summer solstice, I really like to use hibiscus, chamomile, lemon balm, or lavender teas for infusing. All of those flowers are usually in season and blooming this time of year, so they're all great to use and will give an extra solar kick to your infusion. So for this ritual, I usually make a body oil. I like to use sunflower oil or almond oil, and I use calendula flowers that I've harvested from my garden because calendula is in bloom and because it's so good for your skin and has great skin healing properties. I also like to make a body oil because it preserves really easily and I can use it throughout the year on my body or to anoint little talismans or candles. But if you don't want to make an oil, you can make a sun tea and preserve it by pouring it into ice cube trays to freeze it. Then you can just pop out the ice cubes to give you a little magical sun elixir through the darker months. Or you can infuse a liquor like vodka or gin, which will preserve really well on its own. The key with any of these infusions will be to strain out all of the herbal material so that they keep throughout the year and the idea is to use the sun's warmth to speed up the infusion. So you are containing that solar energy in your potion. On the summer solstice, or a sunny day around that time, you'll place your herbs in your glass jar and pour your oil, water, or alcohol over top to fill the jar so that it covers your herbs. Loosely place the lid on top, and place your jar outside in the sunlight to be infused by the power of the sun from sunrise to sunset. When you place your jar outside in the sunlight, recite a mantra to express your gratitude to the solar energy of the day and to invite its power and energy into your infusion. If you're making an oil or alcohol after sunset on the summer solstice, allow it to steep indoors in a dark place for about a week before straining it through a cheesecloth into a clean glass jar. If you're making a tea, strain it through a cheesecloth immediately and pour into an ice cube tray and place it in your freezer. You can use your solar potion anytime you wish to feel the warmth of the sun, when you need motivation, when you need to feel creativity or passion or to invite abundance and celebration and active energy into your life. Welcome to the episode draw segment. We are pulling from the Wild Whiskers Oracle deck. I'm going to shuffle the cards and draw. we got the proud peacock prestige self-respect awareness regal bird bursting with color your confidence and grace i would know ooh this is a good one for the summer solstice and for what we've talked about in this episode this is a great time to be taking stock and checking in having an awareness of where you are in your journey this year as we're 6 months in and This is also the summer solstice episode, so it's a time that we are bursting with color and confidence, and I hope that you will be bursting with color and confidence this uh, summer solstice and have just a wonderful, sunshiny time. And I will see you here on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Becoming Witchy podcast. I can't wait to see you next time. Have a wonderful summer solstice. Do you have questions on your becoming witchy journey or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast? Send us an email at podcast at bramblebrimstone.com. If you're interested in our newsletter, head over to our show notes where you can find the Bramble and Brimstone Instagram where you can sign up. We would love for you to join our coven community. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, Please rate and review us. It helps others find the podcast and we so appreciate your support. The information provided in this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant as a substitute for medical advice.